We can appreciate great art. Thank you very much. Vintage wine, right tut? And of course, gourmet cuisine. Dig in, boys. Yes, it's good to be the king. I'm the real king around here. You are nothing but a cheap impersonator. How dare you? There's room for only one King of the Ring of the World Wrestling Federation. Witness the coronation live on pay-per-view. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It's called Bonus Marks. I am the janitor himself, Josh Custodio, joined by your friend, my friend, everyone who knows him, loves him. He is the man with the plan. He is... Justin Morrison! Alright, Josh, I am fired up! I am fired up. Good intro, well done. How do you do that every week? I don't know. It took everything I had. I, really? Yeah, I'm exhausted. Alright, well, I mean, I don't. If, if you don't have energy now, <laughs> I don't know what the rest of this is going to look like. Because, I think you know uh, exactly what the rest of this is going to look like. Because I don't think this is a pay-per-view that's going to inspire you, per se. So here's, here's what needs to be said off the top. This month's Patreon episode of Top Marks Bonus Marks is brought to you by Jess... Crap. Uh, Jess, thank you so much for the donation. Sorry this episode took a while to get out here. You know how these things go. I will just say, uh, Jess, as grateful as we are, thank you very much. Couldn't be, couldn't possibly have more gratitude, JMO. This pay-per-view sucks. It, it's awful. I mean, what is, w- without getting into the nitty-gritty yet, because as you know, fellow uh, former Bonus Marks listeners, and again, thank you for donating to the Patreon, we will cover the first seven-eighths of the show here, and then JMO and I will be doing a live commentary of the main event. So we've only seen the first, I think it's two hours and 11 minutes of the show, which feel that they're about... I feel like I was watching wrestling for roughly seven years. Yeah, I feel, I feel like uh, this was like a prison sentence of some kind. <laughs> Um, was it worse than WrestleMania Five for you? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I say no. I still think yeah. that's... No, WrestleMania Five is definitely worse than this. Mm-hmm. But um, this was torturous. <laughs> this was a slog. This, I, I like. I know that there's a 15 minute time limit, like a cap on how long the matches can be. Yes. And yet, it still feels <laughs> like they go for an eternity. It's it, there is such little talent going on in this pay-per-view. It, it's it's really, it's almost, I won't say this is worth watching. Because we, we've said what pay-per-view it is, right? King of the Ring. 1995. Correct. Uh, pay-per-view, would you say it's, it has some notoriety, I would say. Uh, yeah, it's one of, it's, you know, when people talk about uh, misfires as far as <laughs> who becomes king and king of the ring, I think it's definitely one that uh, gets mentioned for yeah, sure. Yeah, we shouldn't reveal who wins it yet in case someone has, I mean, can you really spoil something from 1995? Not really, no, so I feel like we can mention it. Mabel wins king of the ring. Yes, Mabel is your king of the ring. You may also know him as a viscera. Big Daddy V. Big Daddy V. Uh, but one thing you will never know him as is a, a, a good wrestler. Yes, uh, no. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like when we think about Vince McMahon and the kinds of bodies that he prefers. Right. And like uh, when we talk about a person like Kevin Owens, it's always with like such marvel. that mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, can you believe a guy with this body type would be favored by Vince McMahon? Right. I mean, Kevin <laughs> Owens is like in fantastic shape compared to a lot of the guys that 
Vince used to bring in. Like even King Kong Bundy is right. referenced on this show because yep. he was one of the qualifying matches on Raw to make the tournament. He did not make the tournament. <laughs> this is unfortunate. Um, I think it was Shawn Michaels who took out King Kong Bundy in the qualifying match there. Uh, let's just call it how it is. Kevin Owens is Scott Steiner exactly. relative to Mabel. Exactly. There was a time when Vince McMahon was obsessed with just finding these <laughs> – enormous fat guys <laughs> like the fattest guys you've ever seen and, and let's be clear viscera or sir well, i'm gonna call him viscera here because that's just who i'm more familiar with him he go, gets on to look worse than he is here yes like he, he goes on to put on weight which isn't to say he doesn't look horrible here because he is blown up three minutes into his match yeah like, you exhausting. know exhausting you know those like fat twins who ride motorcycles like <laughs> that's the, right those huge fat guy twins <laughs> with like the mustaches yes, of the course. redheads or whatever i can't even remember what they're famous for riding uh, motorcycles yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and being background characters in cartoons and that's gags right. and whatnot uh i feel like vince would have wanted to sign those guys yeah like that's his dream that's tag <laughs> what team. a perfect way of that is it. his dream tag team is those fat twins on motorcycles i can only say not my dream tag team <laughs> not even <laughs> but it is, it's weird though right and i was thinking about it because i'm looking at maybe i should save this for when we're talking about the match i'm thinking okay of right well, now, actually. let's jump into the first match here as it is um i'm pulling up the card it's oh yeah irs versus savio vega opens up this pay-per-view uh, yeah and then i was like is this part of the show <laughs> because like they have uh, I can't even remember her name. I think it's like Stephanie Weand is the uh, backstage interviewer. It's not written here on Wikipedia, but, but yeah. And she's on the mic and she's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. On behalf of, what's the video production company? Um, oh my God, Colossus something. Coliseum. Uh, Coliseum Video. Coliseum Video proudly presents. It's like a special <laughs> bonus match for you. Thank you for supporting Coliseum Video. We're going to reward you with something you really don't want. Yes. <laughs> hey, Justin, congrats on, winning the, congrats on winning the lottery. I'm about to kick you in the balls for an hour. <laughs> How do you feel? Oh, I feel great. Because you won the lottery. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, can I skip this or what? <laughs> like, you is could've. this part of the pay-per-view? If you... Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this match, which mm. is to say, Savio Vega is terrible. Yeah, he, he, the guy does not have it. <laughs> they want you to think that it is their mission of the night to make you think this guy has it. He does not have it. Whatever it is, mm. it is devoid. It's Savio Vega. You will find none, uh, which isn't to say that... Here's the real problem with this match besides the in-ring. They're, they're brought to the ring with Ted Diabasi and Razor Ramon, uh, respectively, mm -hmm. Both of them just by doing nothing, utterly outshine their com their the combatants that they're supporting to the ring. It's it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, they keep trying to make it so that like, oh, you like Scott Hall, eh? <laughs> then you're gonna love Savio Vega. And you can tell that they are trying to like, because Savio does have like n not a machismo thing going on necessarily. He's got the SV shaved into the back of his head. That's right. Like, there's something they're going for that would carry over from Razor Ramon to him, but. Razor is, or Scott Hall, like a genuinely cool-seeming person. It like, gives you that vibe. Not yeah. a lot of wrestlers can get that across. Roddy Piper comes to mind, too. But Savio Vega isn't that. Like, yeah. He's not cool. He's lame as hell. There was a brief moment on this uh, pay-per-view where it looked like Razor Ramon was going to beat up Doc Hendricks. Yes. And that was my favorite part <laughs> of the entire pay-per-view. I was just going to say, it was 
easily the shining moment. You're like, oh, someone with talent is involved. Yeah. Uh, Jamo, is there anything that you'd like to say about this match? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, my number one curiosity is that I had never seen an IRS match before. Wow. So how do you feel? Were you missing out on anything? Well, no, it's you know, it's it's Bray and Bo's dad. So yeah. I'm curious to see what he's like in the ring and what he looks like right. so I can try to see his features and his kids or whatever. Were right? you surprised? I was like, yeah, th- that guy did not look like their dad. <laughs> Nothing. I saw maybe a little bit of bow in him, but yeah, I guess it all comes from their mom. Which right? is weird because like, what's the uh, Blackjack Mulligan, yeah. the, the grandfather? You can actually kind of see some of Bo specifically in Blackjack. Blackjack's a way bigger dude, but in the okay. face, there's like a – maybe it's, you know, you're projecting a little bit, but there's none of it in, in IR. Yeah, I, th- I couldn't believe – like maybe maybe the grandma was shacking up with the milkman or something. <laughs> Listen, we're not we're not saying, but we are saying there's some questions. Yeah, in That's... the immortal words of uh, Miss Cleo, <laughs> not the daddy. <laughs> Remember Miss Cleo? Yeah, I like doing the Patreon episodes because I feel like we're very. I can I can we could go talk about Miss Cleo now, and it might be more interesting than this match. <laughs> it, it's worth it's worth bringing up that Savio Vega's finisher is a spinning wheel kick. Oh yeah, I did bring that up. I made I rewound and made Mike watch it. I was like, think of how many times <laughs> you see this move in any match, and it's not even a spot. No, it's not even anything. It's just, not even like a transition move. You view it it's, like a punch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's his finisher. Yeah, uh, and not only that, uh, he pulls it off very poorly. Twice on this pay-per-view. Because mm-hmm. uh, you think of somebody like... Uh, not Obviously, the Black Mass is a much cooler move just in its genesis than this spinning back kick. But just the, the wrestling's just come a long way, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, every move by everyone on the main roster right now is better than anything Savio or IRS are capable of doing here. And that just leads to a 15-minute crawl between these two. Yeah. Something we should mention about the show, JMO, is uh, who's on commentary? Yes. Vince McMahon. The chairman is uh, calling the shots. Okay, let me say something about Vince McMahon Please as a do. commentator. Please. When he's doing, like, just play-by-play, yeah. it's it's good. It's fine. Yeah. Like, you, I can hear Michael Cole in Vince McMahon he has doing a good voice just for it. standard play-by-play. But every commentator has kind of, like, an upper range. When mm-hmm. things get really exciting. Yeah. Like, I did hockey commentary of for... Course. For three and a half years, I've done basketball commentary. I've done football commentary. When exciting things happen, you go from calling the play back into the like you know. Can we hear yours? Could you call a hockey play with like the build up and then and then a goal? Uh, just like I, it would help to watch one. Okay, here I'll paint the picture for okay, you. Just okay. as good. It's okay. uh, Elias Pettersson. Okay, is that how you say it? Right. Yes. Elias Pettersson. He dekes out some jabron on uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And then he scores off the back of his stick. Sure. Pedersen circling back into his own zone. Blocks a shot. Puck comes loose in the neutral ice. Pedersen hops up on it. He's got speed. Pedersen into the offensive zone. Shoots and scores! Whoa, that was awesome! So, you know, there's a range of excitement in my vocal performance there. I thought you said I wasn't going to get fired up on this episode. (laughs) When Vince McMahon goes into his, like, excitement range... He does. He stops sounding like a human being. <laughs> it's more growly too, though. Yeah. It's like, hey, what? <laughs> like, he just sounds like a maniac. <laughs> it's a spinning kick. 
I, 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 my memories of Vince McMahon on commentary are very few, but I actually genuinely, I'm usually, in my mind, he's not a bad commentator. Mm-hmm. On this show, I felt like he was a bad commentator. Same. Um, I don't know if I'm just misremembering him and he's always like this, but I found him, like, outright distracting in some of these matches. I, yes. Anytime he went into that upper range, I, I thought he was just terrible. Is Moro, and again, you are the absolute expert here, I defer to your opinion, in my mind, when you're talking about this upper range, is Moro the best guy in those moments? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's, that's what I figured. And look, because, you know, when people complain that somebody's, like, animated, it's like they are – their whole job is to get across the emotion of a moment. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you have to be animated. Yeah, how Of course, could, you have – like – It seems like a dumb critique. I don't know if I've told this story before on this podcast, but I've for sure brought it up on RGS before. And that is that, like, I used to get – when I was doing hockey play-by-play in Dawson Creek, the coach would be like – ask me some question about name a hockey scenario and if you're this player and you're along the boards which direction should your feet be pointing oh and why I would a like, play-by-play guy need to know that? and i said i don't know and he was like because you don't know the game i'm like okay that kind of stuff is your job as a coach to know that thing he was critiquing you for this as a commentator yeah, it, well we were just having a deb- this i don't mean to say that I don't mean to portray the coach as a jerk. He's oh, okay. a very good okay. friend of mine. Gotcha. Yes. Fuck him, though. <laughs> but he, Not coming he, after my but, good but friend. But he would say something like that, and I would say, that's your job to know as a coach. My job is, like, I don't need to know hockey. I need to know drama. Yeah, you have to be able to tell the story. Yes, theater is my uh, thing more than the basics of explaining the hows and yeah. wheres of a play or whatever. Yeah, certainly for what I look for in a commentator in combat sports – and soccer, yeah. certainly. Euro soccer is all about this. Like, the big moment, the, the yeah. story. This and I guy, think Morrow does that the best. Yeah. it's. I hear out the critique of Morrow where some people feel like he really shoehorns in pop culture references. For sure he does. I, but I kind of dig it. I, I could understand someone not liking it. I never mind it. Yeah. They do feel sort of cheesy, but in a, like... Morrow is like fun uncle to me. I don't exactly. know. Like excitable. No, I agree for sure. And it doesn't feel inauthentic. Like if it felt like someone was telling Moro to say that to me, I think I would treat it a lot differently. But he just seems a lot you remember that video package they put out on his birthday of just like his physicality when doing the broadcasts? Mm-hmm. Like that tells the whole story for me. Just that where his passion is at. Yeah, he is like as into the matches when you and I are sitting there watching Gargano Almas on my couch. Yeah. I want Moro getting fired up with you and I. But you know? I like the references because like it's a it's an effort to be contemporary, right? Like yeah. we we complain that like only New Day seem to have like contemporary pop culture references True. in any of their promos. If a commentator wants to do it, that should be a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Well, anyways, what we're this is completely off topic. There's gonna be a lot of even, off topic because we haven't even mentioned Doc Hendricks. Who? Oh, okay, go ahead. Doc Hendricks made me yearn for Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> like what? Lawler <laughs> is on this show. He has a backstage segment coming up in a second here. He's all right in it too. And like I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, why aren't you doing color? <laughs> When you're missing the king, things are dying. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean this commentary team is bad, but but much like we are discovering here, these aren't easy matches to talk about. No, they're not. Like building drama in these, like the stakes are already established, and Vince McMahon reminds you every thirty seconds exactly what the stakes are. As he says, I forget the exact quote, but he alludes to like, "You must win in order to advance." It, it, like the most 
obvious. It's like this is a tournament. We're yeah. we're well aware of I how this shit works. I couldn't count how many times he said that. It was you must win in order to advance. If I set the over under at ten and a half, you taking the over or the under? Ah, uh, probably over. I I genuinely think you might take the over there. So if anyone does rewatch this pay per view, first of all, you have my condolences, and secondly, let us know. <laughs> uh, now we move into our second consecutive <laughs> Savio Vega match. Which is what you thought no. you couldn't get enough. Not only does he have four <laughs> matches on this show, two of them are in a row. In fact, the next two are in a row it, also. I was going to say, you get back-to-back Savio Vega twice, and it's just as bad as it sounds. This time taking on Yokozuna. That's right, a famed good worker noted for getting great matches out of another, average guys. Another enormous <laughs> fat guy, like I said earlier. <laughs> Vince is obsessed with just enormous fat guys. Uh, I also I should have mentioned Savio Vega also gets a promo in between these two uh, matches, and it's it's just rambling and makes no sense. Um, I don't know what to say here. Which of these two matches did you prefer between Yokozuna and IRS? Probably IRS. I mean, Yokozuna, it was fun to get a look at him. Yeah, he's more interesting to look at. And I was like, is this the worst WWF champion of all time? And then I was like, who is worse between Yokozuna and, like, Great Kali? Great Kali is worse. Yeah. I think. Well, but that might just be me because I was watching for Kali and it was just such an insulting situation. The funny thing is, though, that he's like so obviously Samoan and they try to be like this Japanese man. <laughs> the sumo and I can see why you would want him to be a sumo given what he looks like. But like he looks like uh, that like that that big fat. Hawaiian dude who plays the ukulele in forgetting Sarah Marshall and does like the somewhere over the rainbow <laughs> cover that guy I love that guy yeah <laughs> somewhere um, yeah but that's what like you look at his face you're obviously like oh that's a that's a Samoan <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to sound rude saying this but I, I don't know how to get around it mm-hmm. people who are at this weight with, with Yokozuna and Mabel Yokozuna even more. He's exhausted. Two minutes into this match. I mean, like, heaving for air so quickly. And Kevin Owens is the exception. Not the rule. Granted, Kevin Owens is a much lighter man than than Yokozuna is here. But, I mean, it's just like, if you are completely out of gas, how can you be a good wrestler? Mm -hmm. And you watch this match. And, again, if you're re-watching this, I'd really encourage you, watch Yokozuna in this match and try and find the exact minute you think he's tired and moving slower. He does these, like, forearms in the corner. And they're like... Molasses, like it's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you have anything else you want to say about the and Savio Vaiopa has not improved since the last time we <laughs> no. saw him minutes ago, which was yes, just moments ago. <laughs> would you say he still doesn't have it, Jay? I would say he never has it. <laughs> he he will never have it. History proves me to be correct on this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you've never yeah. been so correct about anything. He does not have it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is an era of wrestling, though, where I don't think Vince McMahon is interested in putting on a wrestling show. Mm. He's basically, I know it's a carny business, but like it's literally like a freak show carnival. Come yes. pay money to see these <laughs> these amazing freaks that I've collected from across the globe. Well. And you know what? You're 100% right. Like, the goal obviously isn't the same as wrestling is now. And, mm. I, and I do accept that. But we, we do have to look at it through the mirror of what we like to. But you're right. And, and truthfully, I like that side of wrestling. But it's 
Only when they're married together. Like yeah, Braun like Strowman. Bro- like Brock and Braun Strowman are like fit that. This is something that you need to see. I've always felt the UFC does a better this job a with spectacle. Brock. This is spectacle. UFC does such a good job with Brock Lesnar relative to WWE. Like they're like, this is a once in a generation guy you need to see. He's an attraction. Like you yeah. want to come see Brock Lesnar is going to fight a man, and there's no one else walking the earth like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and like they manage to keep that up even though he loses. It's very impressive to me. Well, uh, I mean, he is a spectacle, though. I oh, yeah. the times that I've seen him live, I cherish those experiences because, like, it, it, it's it, like Braun too, like to less yes. of an extent because Braun is on more shows than Brock is, and he's not—he doesn't have the raw athleticism of Brock either. Yeah. Like Brock is more impressive to me, and something about like the scarcity of Brock That's makes right. it better too. Brock Lesnar is like people. We got a question a while ago on the the main show. Uh, if you had a time machine, a wrestling event, you'd want to go back to. Mm-hmm. And I had said ECW uh, one night stand just to get the Sandman entrance, all this. Mm-hmm. But prime Brock Lesnar, like still just juiced to the absolute gills, traps up to his ears, shooting star press. That would have been something to see. Like I'm not saying it's my answer for that question, but he's he's very very valuable. Absolutely. Just like the roadie is, who's uh, in our <laughs> next match against uh, Bob Holly, dude. Both of the guys in this match, I hate. The, I hate like the country music that is Jeff Jarrett's theme uh, oh at this yeah. point. I should say Jarrett. It is like slow oh. and awful, and it just like kills the mood anytime any of these guys do something where their music would be played. The, the real problem is this show is just one that, like, starts at the bottom, continues along the bottom, and winds up at the bottom. Like, where was momentum going to come from? Yeah. It was not coming from Bob Hawley versus the roadie. Um, Jeff Jarrett is the IC champ here. He has the belt with him. Like you say, he does that entrance. Uh, uh, we, we missed something, actually, in, oh, this, did we? in the last Savio please, Vega match. Please. Uh, we get our first illusion. Oh, to Savio Vega being the Rocky Balboa of WWE. And Not I the last. I should have known the first time Vince makes this tie that this guy's got the rocket strapped to him, that he's going to be... Uh, what does he say? He, he's he's going to be in the final because he says they go outside the arena and they're in Philly. Yeah. And uh, I think it's called like the Spectrum Center. Okay. The Rocky Balboa statue is right out front and he says... The statue of Rocky Balboa outside of the arena, perhaps prophetic as it relates to Savio Vega. Ah. <laughs> oh no! Perhaps prophetic, and yeah, and the, and he he Vince McMahon thinks he has struck gold with this comparison because he will make it at least fifteen more times uh, between comparing Savio Vega. Oh my lord! To Rocky Balboa. And explaining the rules of how a tournament works. <laughs> I mean, it's virtually all Viz does on this show. I mean, there is a moment coming up where I think he does <laughs> need to explain how the rules of a, how a tournament works. That, so we'll get there. We will. You know what? Do you have anything you want to say about Bob Holly versus the roadie? Uh, Bob Holly looks like trash. His yeah. gear is fucking awful, he, and his hair is even worse. It's so weird because Bob Holly goes on to like become kind of not a guy but mm-hmm. like someone who's around here he looks like if you told me he was the local jobber on this show yeah like if i had never seen wrestling before like he looks so nobody it's so weird yeah it to, to me bob holly looks like if you described kevin nash to me <laughs> and i had to draw him You've never seen him before and i have never seen him before and also i can't draw <laughs> 
he, his look is trash. And seeing him, because he's still in his NASCAR gimmick at this point, and they keep making allusions to how he drives into the wall. Oh, right, yeah. Which feels super tasteless. It's like... You know, there a lot of drivers have died. <laughs> <laughs> Just going right into the wall. Yeah, go into the wall. He does it all the time. Uh, he he he. Just seeing him reminded me of the heat that I took last month for when I invented the name HLR. Oh, Hugh <laughs> Leonard Rasselman. Rasselman. <laughs> Hugh Leonard Rasselman. People, you especially pilloried me for this I name. Did. We are just removed. He's now <laughs> called Bob Holly, but we are just removed from the existence of someone called Sparky Thurman Plug. <laughs> Spark Plug. Thurman yeah. Sparky Plug. I'm not sure if you're trying to defend. But my friends call me Sparky, so the Sparky will go first so we can be STP. Is this you trying to defend Hugh Leonard Rasselman? I think Hugh kid? Leonard Rasselman is a much better name than Thurman Sparky Plug. Call me Sparky, so the S goes first as an STP. Okay, so I agree with you, but now you have to name one name that's worse than it. <laughs> I can't, you can't do it. Uh, it's worth mentioning how bad the finish to this match is. Uh, like, yeah. he gets pulled down. Um, sorry, um, not roadie. Bob Holly gets pulled down onto the shoe of the roadie. One, two, three. Yeah, he, he does a... Uh, he does a, f- a a diving nothing yeah. into a boot because the yeah Rody gets his foot up, but then even worse the than that, Holly looks like he kicked out. Yeah, right at three. No, that's what I'm saying. So like, it's like the ref says it counted that it was a pin, but yeah. it looks like a kick out. It's definitely a kick out. There's there's no way this is a full three count. This yeah, is, absolutely This is a not. two and a half with a kick out. Absolutely. And he just could, hits the three. Anyway. And then the roadie is go- is off. He's off to the races. The, He'll continue. He'll face Savio Vega in the semifinal. Th- this last, this might be the only thing on this pay-per-view I would say is worth watching because the last 20 seconds of this match are so bad you can scarcely believe it happened. Like, when people point out, call attention to botches in modern-day WWE, mm-hmm. there's nothing that, that compares to this. It's also crazy to me looking at uh, looking at Jeff Jarrett in this era mm. and thinking, like, this guy is going to be cool in three years. Well, not only that, he's going to hang around wrestling forever. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look like an especially somebody. Yeah. Like, I mean, but no like, one on the show. But really when does. when Jarrett has the IC title in like the Attitude Era, I know you're. He's big a big on that. heel, but yeah. like he's got a cool look. Mm-hmm. He's slap good. Nuts. He's good. No, that's pre-slap nuts. Slap nuts comes in WCW. Oh yeah, I was talking about him being cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you look at him in in '95, three years earlier. Yeah, he looks like a doofus. I uh, yes, the hair is bad. The whole look is bad. No, I mean, who's the coolest looking person on this show? Oh, Brett looks pretty cool. Sean. Oh, yeah. Sean Brett. is like fully formed at yeah. this point. Shocking. Brett and Sean stand <laughs> down on this show. <laughs> I didn't even mean for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Razor, as he comes out. He, but Razor doesn't ever wrestle no, on this but show. He, he still manages to stand out. Maybe just because he's surrounded by such utter mediocrity. Exactly. Well, they keep 
it's like the it's like the Roman Reigns thing of like everybody loves Dean Ambrose. So well, <laughs> Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, you love Dean Ambrose, then you love Roman Reigns. <laughs> if you if you like Dean, boy, you know Dean idol <laughs> idolizes. Dean loves crushing cold beers with Roman. Cold ones with the boys. You love crushing cold ones. You love Roman. <laughs> well, well, I guess that does make sense. <laughs> so they're trying to do that with Savio for this entire show. I mean, this is. I mean, Mike, you're you're in the room with us, and you might be able to speak to this better. I don't know. Does Savio Vipo's push continue like past it? The, because they're obviously pushing him to an insane degree here. Yeah. But I don't remember him being any like giant fixture. Oh, God bless him. Nightmare. Mike, you're off mic. They can't hear. Wasn't you. he in the nation at one point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in the nation. But like he here he gets like an incredible push. He does. He for wrestles sure. four times on this pay per view. He does. And yeah. none of it is good. Yeah. You you could say what is the opposite of an MVP? Uh. <laughs> like someone who is like someone who gets all of the field time in soccer but is awful. Efrain Juarez, good joke for the white caps. I, I also wanted to point out that the qualifying clips like oh. the, the clips of qualifying matches on up? Raw make not just Raw, but wrestling itself <laughs> look awful. I feel so fortunate that I was not watching wrestling at this point. It, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure Bob Holly qualified against uh, Doink the Clown. Maybe? Oh, good. No, it's the roadie qualified against Doink. Wow, sounds like a classic. And uh, somebody else, maybe Savio. No, Savio qualified earlier in the show. Maybe Bob Holly qualified against someone called Mantar. Do you not remember Mantar? I, I did not watch wrestling at this point. Oh, my God. All of the clips of Rob make wrestling just look horrible. Did you see Mantar's gear? Mm, yes. <laughs> he is. He just is unbelievable. Abysmal. abysmal. Um, all of these okay, you're right. That high those highlights make, like you say, it all look terrible, but just like the video packages are weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I have nothing good to say about this show. Yeah, uh I just feel like it made so much sense that like NWO would be this huge groundbreaking thing. Yes, relative to this. What this is. It's it's so you're so right. It's so obvious to imagine how much that would have stood out relative to this nonsense. Like, yeah. No competition. Uh we move on to uh Ted DB, D, Ted DiBiase leading out Kama to face Shawn Michaels. I thought this was the best match of the night. I'll defer to you on this one because I'll be honest. I was so checked out by this point. I don't think I was in a position like the Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe could have happened, and I would have been like, <laughs> I am a beaten, broken man. Like, we're only three matches in this show at this point, and it's, I think it's probably an hour and a half in, and it just feels like I've been through a war. Yeah. <laughs> so, this might have been the best. It's not to say I enjoyed it. How, how about you? Did you? Were you able to get some enjoyment out of this match? Yeah, I mean, it, it does feel interminably long, even though it's only 15 minutes. Yes. But, uh,. <laughs> there are a, a bunch of good sequences in it. There are a bunch of like reversal hold sequences. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that, true. Like, it's it's the same sort of thing that we said about Sean at WrestleMania Five. You watch him work, and you can see the future of wrestling. That's right. Yeah, it's like oh, this is where it's going. Like so, at at the very least, like I do appreciate watching kind of the nascent beginnings of like what we now get to see every single week. It's just like 
there were a bunch of sequences where he was good. Mm-hmm. There was also a bunch of sequences where it's just Godfather doing a rest hold forever. Uh, that's right. It, it, you had brought up on our WrestleMania Five uh, review, JMO, that, it, and you correctly so that if you drop Dolph Ziggler into that show, yeah, if you drop Dolph Ziggler into like the 1980s or you know some of those old WrestleManias, you know, we were trying to find a game where like. How many WrestleManias do you have to go before right. Dolph Ziggler is not the best wrestler yes. on, a, on a show? How would Dolph do on this show? Uh, Dolph would definitely be a standout <laughs> star on this show. Yeah, he'd be the best guy. Dolph would be a huge star in 1995. So here's my big question for you. Yes. Where would Mojo Rawley be Ooh. if we brought him back and dropped him onto this pay-per-view? Does he stand out? Um, I say no. I think he would be in the tournament. His size and athleticism. Yeah. He's explosive. Former football player. But certainly not to the degree of Dolph where going forward people would be like, wow, got to watch him. Yeah, but like it'd be different, right? He wouldn't be the hype bro. He would yeah, be like that's true. football man or whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> the quarterback. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> his, his finishers would for sure be called the end zone. Yeah. Absolutely. No good. Anyway, sorry. I feel like I have to bring us down these avenues yeah, yeah, every yeah. match because there's nothing in the matches. Yeah. No, that's fine. No, you're right. How does this match end, JMO? Because you called it the best match, and this is a <laughs> tournament match that... This ends with Sean getting a three count, but <laughs> but they say that the third count, the three of the three count came after 15 minutes had expired. So this is such a baffling decision. Time limit elimination. They call it a double draw, and both Godfather and Sean are both eliminated from the tournament at the same time. You did not just miss here, JMO folks. They decide in a tournament that when you hit a draw, you both lose. Mm-hmm. And now the and and Doc Hendricks rightly points out, now it's almost like Undertaker versus <laughs> Mabel is a semifinal for all intents and purpose. Cause you in that uh, match, feller, you're straight on through to the final. I I mean he correctly points it out because that is what happened. Mm-hmm. Like it, I was so as soon as this happened, I I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what is going on here?" But sure enough, here it comes, Mabel and the Undertaker. Yeah, these two. Okay, I'm gonna pay a little compliment here. Okay, and I don't mean this as a glowing thing. There is something about the Undertaker's entrance is good, and Mabel and him sort of do position interestingly against each other, like physically. I mean, yeah. like they both have like kind of similar color schemes and look sort of vicious. And maybe it's because I'm putting sort of the viscera supernaturalness onto him at this point, which he doesn't quite have. But th- I was sort of I was interested with these two in the ring at least. How about you? Yeah, to start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it dissipated. And in the words of uh, Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> then the bell rang. Oh. Because Viscera, who, who boy. Like, yes, he does have an interesting look. There is something, like, kind of neat about a man of that size. Yeah. But I had, like, an epiphany watching this match. Oh. That, like... You hate wrestling now? No, no, no. That Undertaker (laughs) back then is like Braun is now. 
We, uh. we always talk about like the difficulty in booking Braun today, how mm. they need to bring in all these big guys, how it feels like the title division is just like three people deep because like nobody can conceivably stack up against Braun. Undertaker is a seven-foot monster. Yep. He is the big guy of his day. And the reason I think that they keep bringing in these big old fat guys is to work Undertaker because you need somebody who can conceivably go up against him. And at this time, they just think, size versus size, fella. Yeah, this is Braun Big Show in 95. Yeah. It's interesting, too, though, because you want to put all of this on Mabel, but Undertaker is definitely still doing the, like, trying to get the dead man across as this really, like, slow, deliberate, trudging guy, which is a horrible idea for wrestling. I mean, yes and no. I thought one of the highlights of this entire show was the clip of Raw of Undertaker qualifying for the tournament with the it. Tombstone. Oh yeah, sure. It, it, definitely, the Tombstone's going to look. I just he mean, he eliminated Jeff Jarrett from re- tournament yeah. qualification, and just that clip of Raw, him hitting the Tombstone and then doing the look up. It was awesome. That is good. I agree. The, I mean, the stuff that you love now, you love then. I'm literally just talking about like his mobility around the ring. Yeah. Like these two are working so slowly. I, like, yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought old school was actually super impressive in this match. I guess that's true. Yeah. Okay. Not a totally worthless match. Again, maybe our attitudes were different, but this I was just so, so like relative to out. the rest of the show. Yeah. Is it, what I'm talking about. Yeah. It, I mean, it had to follow Shawn Michaels, but uh, yeah. I mean, how many years later do those two go on to just have an absolute classic? Well, that's so, what I was thinking. I was looking at the tournament bracket yeah. and just licking my chops. And I look, I knew that Mabel won before we started yeah, this. Yeah, of course. But I'm looking at the bracket thinking, we're going to get Undertaker and Shawn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the desire to protect Shawn Michaels from having to lose at any point in this tournament... It's uh, uh, resulted in a super dumb finish where, yes, finally Vince McMahon did need to explain how tournaments right. work. <laughs> this match ends utterly unsatisfyingly as Moe distracts The Undertaker, a guy whose entire character should not be paying attention to Moe at ringside, but we'll let that lay. Mm-hmm. Hits the Mabel slash, and The Undertaker gets pinned by Mabel. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a schmoz, though, right? Like, the yeah, ref yeah, yeah. was down for when Taker had him beat. That's right. Because he did choke slam Mabel, he which does was very choke. impressive. And it got a big uh, reaction, it too. It did get a big reaction. I don't know if I would say it was that. It's a pretty low choke it slam. It is. <laughs> it is. Mabel isn't... But, like, commentary hypes it up throughout the entire match as this thing that, like, he's not going to be able to do it. Is Brock Lesnar the guy best at taking choke slams for being a big guy? Maybe. The ones, like, I don't love him and Undertaker's matches post-streak. I know some people really like them, the, the Hell in a Cell one. But I remember, like, Brock goes I up like the for summer those choke slams. Match. Yeah, I know a lot of people do. It's just okay for me. But the choke slams always looked awesome. Mabel is not Brock Lesnar. No, he is not. <laughs> In many different ways. Uh, I'm looking now. If you had to guess how long that match was, what would you say? Nine and a half. Very close. Yeah, it's ten minutes. If... Even though the match limit is 15, it seems impossible to me that this didn't go half Yeah, an hour. I wanted to say like 1340 <laughs> at first, but then I was like, it's probably a trick. It's probably not as long, but not as short as like seven. That was my my, my thinking. Yeah. Just letting you all know, doing the mental math out loud. Hang on a sec. Let me crunch the numbers. <laughs> 
Heads up! <laughs> uh, we're then treated to a video package highlighting some of the Hall of Fame stuff from the night before. This was kind of cool. Like, you see uh, Fabulous Moolah goes in. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting to see how far the ceremony has come. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That That is interesting. But uh, George the Animal yeah. Steel, Steel was inducted in by... I don't know. Bill Murray. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Did they Bill, show that in the package? Yeah, they did. Bill Murray filmed a package... As like the present as the presenter, he was on top of an elephant, <laughs> filming a movie off in Africa. He was like, "I couldn't make it, <laughs> lost my cab, like couldn't make it to the airport, missed my flight." Oh, I should have seen this. Uh, but yeah, and then he ended his little speech by challenging George to unretire and get back in the ring and fight both Bill and his elephant. Everyone wanted that match. Yeah. I, would you have rather watched Bill Murray versus and an elephant versus, versus George Steele or Savio Vega versus The Roadie? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> Bill Murray versus Oh, George the Animal Steel, absolutely. Shamo, instead of talking about the roadie for Savio Vega, do you want to open a pack of impact cards? Sure. That yeah. seems way more fun to me, and I see them Because sitting. the roadie went on to be Road Dog, who went on to be an impact at one point. That's <laughs> So let's open some impact cards. That is the only tie-in I needed. It's the return of, uh, I want to say, everybody's favorite segment, but we only did it one time. Yeah. I don't know that anybody was clamoring for it to nope. return. But thank you to Craig Tamble, all mm. the same, our good friend at Fruits Are Edible. It's a little segment we like to call Top of the Cards. Oh, I forgot it had a name. Yeah. Top of the Cards. Top of the Cards. All right. All right. Well, look out, you fans of Glow on ah. Netflix, because our first card is... Awesome Kong. Oh, I got some nice things to say about uh, Awesome Kong. Uh, you know, uh, you know, there was a moment in time where Impact's or at the time TNA's women's division was way more interesting than than was going on on the WWE side. Yeah, uh, Awesome Kong, a big part of that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, respect to Awesome Kong, and like you say, good and glow. Well, another knockout on the way, but not somebody making the women's division more interesting than <laughs> WWE, so far as I can tell. It's SoCal Val. Oh, SoCal Val sure had her, uh, one of the worst women's matches I've ever seen is her versus, um, oh my lord, uh, like the key player in Impact's women's scene. Oh, where's my mind? No, um... Although that match is absolutely atrocious. Yeah, Angelina Love. Uh, no, former WWE. Uh, thank you, yeah. Uh, Gail Kim. Um, in the picture of SoCal Val, she is covered in bullets. <laughs> She's got, like, Gatling gun or chain gun chains, like, just hanging over her body. Is it safe to say she inspired Bullet Club? And is she's, in, she's in the Bubba Army. Oh, right, Bubba the Love Sponge. Get, do you remember that on... Uh, no. Can I explain a little bit yes, of this? This please. was a very interesting time. So Bubba the Love Sponge, uh, who was a radio host based out of Tampa. We, and then famous for his involvement in the... he His wife... Hulk Hogan sex tape. That's right, is who Hulk Hogan has. Uh, so him and Hulk Hogan very close via the Florida and being racist scenes. She is the love sponge in the <laughs> Hulk Hogan sex tape. I mean, not a lot of love there. Uh, maybe the least active sex I've ever seen in my life. But uh, oh, That's because he had too much sushi. He fell like a hog. <laughs> you know, it happens to the best of us. Um, um, but yes, yeah, so Bubba the Love Sponge, via his connections to Hogan, being friends from Tampa, also Hogan all the time on his radio show, which was had just been put onto Sirius, he ends up getting put as an on-screen character in TNA and gets a faction where he cuts like 
they're very distasteful promos. Like they haven't aged well. But he was like a really good talker on uh, on TNA at the time. Right on. Well, do you want me to read the back of the card? I think is it do. good? Yeah. Go ahead. SoCal Val has had one of the best seats at many of the greatest matches in TNA wrestling history. <laughs> Ringside, of course. <laughs> and she did not buy the seat, though this red-headed hottie could. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> she has been the TNA ring girl since 2006. Also has been a manager, and of late, a backstage interviewer. Wow. This red-headed hottie. Thanks to SoCal Val. SoCal Val. That's atrocious. And we've got another Knockouts card. Wowee. TNA Knockout, and it is Awesome Kong again, but she's holding the belt. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Two Awesome Kong cards. What the? Oh, so this one is a TNA Champions card, mm. and this one is just a TNA Impact card. This is how. This is so dumb. Well, do you want one? Do, do you uh, feel like this pack has been a bust so far, Josh? A hundred percent a bust. Are you hating these Impact cards? I hate them. Well. What would it do to you to know that our next card is Mick Foley? He's hunched over holding a folding chair on the back. He's holding uh, the barbed wire bat. Fuck yes. Read me the Foley. On the September 18th, 2008 edition of Impact, Mick Foley made his first televised appearance for TNA. Less than a year later, at lockdown in Philadelphia, Foley was sitting on the top of the TNA kingdom as the reigning world heavyweight champion, defeating Sting for the title. He has supported four small community schools in the war-torn West African country of Sierra Leone. Mick Foley rules. We'll be keeping this one. Absolutely. You got any more Awesome Kongs in there? No, I wish. <laughs> the final card in this pack is a tag champion, or tag team card, rather. We got the Dudleys last time. It's Rocco and Sally Boy. Oh, okay. Uh, pictured with Mick Foley there. Oh, yeah. Good to see. And the Mick Foley's mentioned on the back here, too. Rocco and Sally Boy made their presence known in 2009, initially serving as the bodyguards for the main event Mafia, then shifting to Mick Foley. So they're Mick Foley's bodyguards. Powerful yeah, and experienced, yeah, yeah. the two are loyal and trustworthy. Rocker, Rocco is the larger of the two, tipping the scales at 400 pounds, but he has Big cat-like gear. quickness and amazing agility. No, he doesn't. Sally Boy, however, is simply fearless, <laughs> thanks to his third-degree black belt. <laughs> That's Rocco and Sally Boy. Well, only one card doesn't have Awesome Kong or Mick Foley on it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, SoCal. Are we going to do another pack? Uh, Yeah, let's do another pack. Let's do another pack and get back to this. Another pack of Top of the Cards. That's the the segment that the fans love, I think. They must love it more than King of the Ring. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's here's another impact knockout. Oh, it's none other than Mrs. Booker T herself. Oh, okay. Charmel. Charmel, yeah, of course. A, a great valet. Never better than with Booker, but uh, yeah, that's mostly what I remember her for. Do you have anything you'd like to say about Charmel? No, not really. There we go. Just good with Booker. Yeah. Respect. Up next, we have yet another knockout. It's just all ladies. Are the cards. first two cards always knockouts? I don't know, but it's Daphne. I don't know who that is. Stylish and stunning. The governor was all that when she arrived in TNA. 
Daphne? Yeah, but now in her dark and dreary life is Daphne. She is the most carefree knockout around. Nothing phases her. Nothing scares her. Nothing worries her. Wow. She feuded in 2009 with former ally Taylor Wilde <laughs> and painfully was on the losing end of the first ever knockouts match of 10,000 tacks. So she clearly took some tax spots. Well, there you go. Good for Daphne. She looks like the Rosemary I was, of her day. I was just going to say she looks exactly like Rosemary, which is to say that I'm extremely attracted to her. And we've got a champion card here. Oh, here we go. It is TNA Knockouts champion <laughs> Angelina Love. Another knockout. Wow. <laughs> um, well... Uh, what? Well, I mean, what could we say about Angelina Love that hasn't been said? <laughs> I don't know anything uh, about her. Uh, she, uh, she, uh, you got any more cards there, J-Mo? I do. I've yeah. got Chris Sabin. Oh, Chris Sabin. Um, went on to be half a Motor City Machine Guns. Right on. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, yeah, he's a talent. He's still around, man. Yeah, he, he is still around. He, did, he maybe was underused in, in TNA. I, I, I can't really remember it. <laughs> well... Do you want to know who his favorite pro athletes are? Sure. It's uh, Rashid Wallace and Joe DeMars. All right. So uh, there you go. Fun fact about Chris Saban. 2009 pro athlete. Yeah, there you go. Good to see. And finally, another knockout. It's Tara. <laughs> Tara Valkyrie, a tremendous talent, Lucha Underground, uh, you know, uh, with, with John Morrison, now Johnny Impact. She has trained in MMA and is a dog lover with two tattoos. <laughs> Would you trade if would you trade the Mick Foley card for every other card we own? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, or if I would trade every other card we have for the Mick Foley card anyway. Yeah, that's what I mean to yeah. say. Yeah, no, I knew what you meant. Yeah, he's the only good card we got. Yeah, <laughs> pretty well. Let's get into these last two matches and do some commentary sure, here, Jamo let's do it. and Craig and Jess. Thank you both. Um, Bret Hart versus the King. I had high expectations. Here. Well, not high expectations, but <laughs> this was like the the low point in some ways of this card. I, I found it entertaining, but it was also just like the most cartoonish of anything that existed on this show. Here's how I felt about it, and please correct me if you think this is a stupid thing to say because it sort of is. Mm-hmm. It over exceeded my expectations for a Jerry Lawler match. And fell way short of my expectations of a Bret Hart match. I would say that's very fair. Which just left it in like this weird. It was so like sticky. Mm-hmm. Which you, you, you like you think of Bret as like such a serious stoic, right? And this match is so like not that. It's it's not wacky or a comedy match. But it's just not serious stuff at all. I like mean, the it, King is so hamming it up. And I mean, because like the whole story here is that it is a kiss my foot match. Oh yeah, we didn't mention that King hasn't washed his feet in weeks. Yeah, I think King says. is like just made his made himself disgusting. His like socks Doesn't are peeling much. off of his feet. Uh, when we when we had a like backstage promo from him earlier in the show, he had his own private locker room because no one could stand to be near him. <laughs> Vince on commentary was like, "King, I hear the stench is unbearable." Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And yeah, and yeah, he does an interview on his way to the ring with uh, Stephanie yeah. Weon. We add? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and and she's like, oh, it's so rank. Like everybody's just acting like he has stink lines coming off of him. Yep. Like a like a cartoon character who hasn't bathed. Yeah, like l- squiggly lines and flies. Exactly. Him. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. 
so like that part of it was fun a little bit, but also just when you incorporate that into a match, it's less so. Especially when it's Bret Hart. Yes. Like Bret Hart having to like sell that this guy's feet smell. It's like this is so stupid. Exactly. Like that it, that Bret Hart, The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon all appear on this show. Mm-hmm. And yet there's nothing worth pulling out of it. says everything you need to know about King of the Ring 1995. Yeah. Um, there's something about like uh, the entire conceit of it being like, Jerry Lawler stinks yeah. that like, I can get on board with. <laughs> like Jerry Lawler is a filthy, disgusting man. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's a, he <laughs> is. You got it. <laughs> he hasn't changed to this day. Exactly. Like, Brett has a promo where he just runs him down as being a disgusting, awful man. And I'm like... Yeah, kick his ass. Get him, yeah. Brett. The the same like ending sequence Brett does in all of his matches is kind of good here. King takes it well, ends up in the sharpshooter. And then they do this cool pan out. Like, yeah. They did a zoom out as uh, he gets him locked in the sharpshooter. That was cool. It's not as fast, obviously, as the Okada no. zoom. It's very slow pan out to the audience from a long distance. But I thought it was a really cool shot. I, w- I actually had the exact... I'd like to see like... I don't know if it gets across in like a coquina clutch like Joe's because the the face selling it's so much part of it. Yeah. But I wonder if something like that for a submission move could help a guy. Maybe Daniel Bryan. I don't know. It's just like this was the only production element of the entire show that stood out to me in a positive way. (laughs) I was about to say, maybe in a positive way. Um, All right. J-Mo, it's the finals. If you've been paying attention, you know who was in it. It's Mabel. Taking on Safio Vega. A match that on paper looks like an instant classic. You want to open another package of TNA cards? (laughs) (laughs) This match is really bad. Yeah. Uh, The fans start chanting ECW during it, just out of boredom. Uh, Mabel hits an elbow that is... I can't even say hits an elbow. Steps onto the second rope and then falls down onto, onto Savio. I don't know yeah. what to say. It's it's weird. This whole tournament, we've been getting teases from like good, popular, charismatic wrestlers. Yes, but n- almost none of them are in the matches, other than Sean and Taker. Like Razor is all over this show, but he's always at ringside with yep. Savio. Ted Diabasi is on it two or three times during the uh, during the first uh, match. We also got. Uh, uh, Owen Hart came out. Oh yeah, right, right, right. With because he was paired with Yokozuna at the time. That's right. So we got Owen Hart coming out to make the save, and he's involved in the finish of that Yokozuna match. And it's like God, they even go to him backstage at one point, and he's like on, at a desk covered with phones, <laughs> watching the match. Uh, and it's like, man, there's so many people on this show that would be better for really anything that you're doing here. Maybe they're injured. Make all of them. I think Scott. I think Scott Hall is injured. Okay, well maybe that helps explain it. Because they're I, like they cleared him for contact, but he was not cleared I, for tournament play. God, something stupid I, like that. I don't know if you felt the same, JMO. But in a perfect world, a wrestling show, even if it starts a little slow, you want it to build to this this crescendo. Mm-hmm. I always reference the Money in the Bank 2011, where Punk ends up in the main event. That whole show just builds. Like each match keeps getting better, and it reaches this fever pitch in the main event. This tournament final is the worst match of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And it's because you have two people who are horrible in it, and they've had to wrestle three times each already. They're, or no, uh, two times for Mabel, three times for yeah. uh, Vega. And it's like, well, what did you expect to some degree? No, you know really, I mean? really just once for Mabel. 
Undertaker and um, he goes straight to the final. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Wow, why was he so bad? Because <laughs> he's a huge fat guy. Yeah, I guess, I guess shows me. Uh, so so this final happens. Mabel wins. He takes the throne, which JMO, you made a really good point about which when is, I got here. Yeah, yeah, you knew. Okay. Even assuming you don't already know the result because you're watching this in 2018, if you were watching this in 1995, you would know immediately who was going to win. Just when they show the crown and cape. The cape is fucking enormous. <laughs> the giant it is cape. designed for an enormous fat guy. It is abundantly clear who is going to win as soon as you look at the cape for even two seconds. Bret Hart could live in this cape. Yes. <laughs> Bret Hart could set this t- cape up as a tent. He could go camping in this cape. He may. He should have been the king of the ring and gone camping in this in this cape. Uh, Instead, so that's... he forced Jerry Lawler to kiss his own foot. <laughs> that's right. So now we get Mabel taking the throne, and Moe cuts a promo that is... Shrill. It's just like... Yeah. Just nonsense. You can hear the tone of what he's saying, but like all it's so annoying that you just tune out all the content of his words. And they're not even getting heat. Like the crowd isn't booing. Some people are throwing garbage, but mostly people just seem like people are deathly like apathetic. Throwing food at them. <laughs> it's like there's somebody threw like a burger at <laughs> at a pop. Yeah. Like, or an empty cup of some kind. And it's like that's some small sign of heat, which is good. But then it's also just crowd silence while Moe's talking. No, it, it was like a real king. Just People just <laughs> throwing old food at him. Jamo, are you ready to switch over to doing some live commentary on our main event match? I think I am ready for that. Okay, so if you want to come and watch <laughs> along, as we encourage you to do when we get the good feedback back from, we are at the, the final white dot on your WWE network. Jamo, do you want to give me the control, or do you want to do <laughs> I'll the do countdown? It, I'll do it. Okay, as we're about to watch Tatanka and Psycho Sid take on Big Bam... Bam Bam Bigelow and Diesel. Yes. Are you excited for this match, Josh? I like watching Bigelow a great deal. Uh, as I see that list of names, I'm almost sure this is going to suck, but I don't remember this match, and I don't know who wins. I so, really liked Sid's promo right before uh, this match is set to start. Well, that's his thing, right? Like His promos are either hugely hit or miss. He's just yeah. like a rambling, insane person, and sometimes it works. Yeah, so I liked, I've liked Sid's Bye, presence guys. on this show so far. So let's see. That was an entirely unnecessary interjection from Mike. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, Mike, for shouting his JMO with me. But bye to you too, and we love you. Uh, Tatanko and Psycho, are you excited, JMO? Uh, I mean, I'm excited for this show to be over. Yeah. And then I'm excited to do bonus marks that aren't this show. Oh, yeah. I want to do 12 rounds three. Yeah. Someone give us that. Well, I think we're. I don't think anyone will give us a good show ever to watch. Yeah, our well, last we gotta, four. We get been, to choose them for ourselves at some point. I hope. Well, I don't hope that because it means keep people are being very <laughs> generous. But our yeah. last four have been Mania Five, New Blood Rising, uh, 1995, King of the Ring, and is that are those the last three? Uh, we did uh, the the Tournament of Death. Oh yeah, right. That was good. That was literally the best pay-per-view we've watched. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Count them down, JMO. We will be pressing the X button to start the match in three, two, one. Press. All right. Let's see if they can win the crowd back here. That, that's what's most interesting to me here because, man, Sid is a Goliath. He is huge. Holy shit. 
Bring Sid out of retirement and have him face Braun. Yeah, no kidding, because Tatanka's not a small man, and Sid is dwarving him here. Speaking of Sid, of course, he would go on to be in WCW. Yeah, that's right. And then most people in WCW would go on to be in Impact. Let's open another <laughs> pack of Impact cards. Yeah, that uh, seems like a great <laughs> idea. Can I say not enough guys wear trunks mm -hmm. like uh, Sid's here? The the trunks that go above the belly button? Like, I really like it. Yeah. There's something old school about it. That's right, yeah. It reminds me of like Dan Severn. Old shooters. Uh, Minoru Suzuki should do that. Is Tatanka just a white guy pretending to be an, an, uh, a Native yes, American? Correct. How do we feel about that? How do you think we feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I shouldn't actually. I shouldn't speak that. I don't know that to be true. That's just always as I've known him. Yeah. Uh, I would. I would love to find out that he actually has some form of Native American. It heritage. would be somewhat relieving. Yes. Jamo, do you mind plugging my phone into your charger while this match is on? Sure. She's almost dead, and I'll need it for top marks proper. Sid, Sid's hair is tremendous here too. Everything about Sid here looks great, but he's about to get outstar powered by Bam Bam. If we put Dolph Ziggler back into this era, he would probably be paired with Sid just based on hair alone, right? I like that you say that as Diesel's about to come out, like just such <laughs> the natural pairing for Dolph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but they could be like the Noodle Heads or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ramen, the Ramen Brothers, the Ramen Rangers. Yeah. All right, let's see whose music is this, or is this still? So far, I don't know. Oh, here we go. Promo. <laughs> Bam Bam fucking rules. Bam Bam, for those at home who are not watching along, is wearing a t-shirt of his own face, <laughs> and his hair is on fire. And it just says, Beast from the East. Here comes a Diesel promo. He looks great here, too. This hair, Kevin Nash? Come he on. He looks... This is like the pinnacle of early 90s looks right now. Definitely. Light denim jeans, a tucked-in white t-shirt <laughs> with a black leather belt. <laughs> and a goatee. The flowing, feathered hair. Yeah, Nash looks incredible. Let's hear Bam Bam. This is a great podcasting as I listen. Bam Bam taking it casual, missing teeth and all. What the fuck? Okay, great promo by Bam Bam there. Yeah. But almost a precursor to the Steiner math promo. Saying that the two of them together will bring 220% Because they're rate. both bringing 110. Yeah, if but... If you add it together, that's 220. I'm just saying... But I'll tell you, I was so taken in by his passion. That promo ruled. That was a great promo. Bam Bam... Very good. Oh, dude, the old promos he does in uh, against um, not Taz. He cut. Oh, who is it? He cuts like an all. Holy, holy shit. shit, dude! Bam Bam fucking rules. Bam Bam's coming out with this huge coat on that's got like flames peacocking off of the neck. And he's walking with, like, a strut. He did, like, this high step sort of dance as he entered. He has, like, the old boxer jacket where it just says Bam Bam Bigelow on his back. The fire tights. Bam Bam Bigelow had it all. Bam Bam. Wow, big pyro for Bam Bam. Gets a big pyro pop. And we were talking earlier about how, uh, of course, what's his name? Uh, Savio Vega. 
Savio Vega, who I've watched wrestle four times today. <laughs> I remember. I just said, what's his name? I mean, that tells you everything he needs to know. you need to know. He doesn't have it. But Bam Bam, Bam Bam has it in a big way. All Bam Bam has is it. Yeah. He, Bam Bam is it personified. So this is interesting that they have the other two enter together, but uh, Diesel and Bam Bam both get their own entrances. Let's talk about the little uh, like jesters who've opened the the gates for them to come out. Yeah, what is that? Who are these people? Yeah, Nash looks. Nash looks like a main eventer here. Absolutely, he does. Like you're wearing a giant uh, black onesie that says Big Daddy on it. Uh, a what would you say a bejeweled black vest, rhinestone yeah. black yeah. vest, uh, rhinestones sparkling all over his vest with some black with tassels. tassels on the back. I hope these two win because this pairing looks. Oh, I don't like that. He just entered the ring, dropping the belt on the apron and stepping on it, showing the belt zero respect. And we open with a brawl between because, the two teams. That's because the action is about to pick up, Josh. Yeah, here we no go. No time to respect the belt. The belt isn't on the line. You're not turning it over to the referee, though the referee currently has it in his hands. It's time to fight. That's but what we're here for. Crowd was on their feet for that brawl. Big fight feel. Of course, DiBiase is outside the ring. Bam Bam feeds to the crowd. The people drive him. As Nash removes his sequined vest. JMO, do you have time for a 10-second uh, version of Keep It or Kick It? Sure. Entire skull tattoos of the top of your head. Keep it or kick it? Uh, well, I want to say kick it because it's a horrific idea. <laughs> but I'm looking at Bam Bam right now, and I think he should keep it. But everyone else should kick it. What about on you, J-Mo? I mean, you're looking at my shaved head right now. I got to tell you, I think it looks great. And you are imagining me having a full head tattoo? Yeah. I've then I'll be that guy. Remember when I tweeted about that guy that I saw on the bus? Which guy? He had a huge tattoo of a dragon on the side of his oh, shaved yeah. head. Yes. And he was complaining about how there was too much drama. <laughs> I, do, I do recall He's that. He's like, I'm going to shut down my <laughs> Facebook I'm going to change my phone number. The drama. I'm going to quit my job because I just can't take all the drama. He, and he had a giant dragon <laughs> tattooed to the side of his head. I do remember this. So you want me to be that guy? I mean, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Well, what I want for you and what you want for you don't always have to be congruent. Yeah, that's true. Nash, the first legal man as the brawl clears, and it's Nash versus Tatanka. Here we go. Or Diesel, sorry. I'm using the, the wrong term. Diesel and Tatanka. Eyeing each other, circling in the ring. Two alpha males. Diesel certainly with the size advantage, but of course there's very few against which he would not have that. Psycho Sid, however, is one of them. Looking forward to it being those two big men in the ring. I'm sure we will see it before the night is done. Bam Bam cheering him on from the apron, clapping for every piece of offense Diesel gets in. But Sid with a dirty shot from behind. Bam Bam having none of it. Kicked Equalizing. Him. Kicked him from the apron as Bam Bam runs in. Another ref telling him, get out of the ring there. Wow, this ref needs to get this under control. Sid still attacking Diesel in the corner as the ref is distracted trying to get Bam Bam out of the ring. The ref, it's Earl Hebner, I believe. Looks like him anyways. Tough to tell on standard definition broadcasts. <laughs> it is Earl Hebner. He needs to get this together. He's lost uh, control of this match. Nash is hurting. Tatanka does an offensive strut around the ring. Yeah, that was one step away from going, oh, that yeah. was not good. He's doing it again. Oh. Tatanka being very offensive with these strikes. <laughs> His offense is offensive. <laughs> and, of course, we know Kevin Nash is extremely woke. <laughs> 
So this performance from Tatanka is hurting him just as much as the blows to the face. Absolutely. Woke Nash is hating this at his core. <laughs> it's injuring his pride to be forced to watch this performance from Tatanka. I don't mean to complain here, but it does just make you realize some things that like guys like the Revival do so well. Like when Tatanka is doing offense on Nash on that side, when Nash can obviously just reach Bam Bam, mm -hmm. it's so stupid. You have to cut off the ring. That's like Tag Wrestling 101 and Tatanka and Diesel not familiar with it, unfortunately. Oh, well, Tatanka's been tagged out, so hopefully Psycho Sid knows a little more about <laughs> ring psychology. And ring awareness. And ring awareness. Scott Dawson need to come back here and teach these fools a thing or two. As Sid just continues to torque the forearm, got a kick into the shin, and is now hammering away on the knee or elbow. I couldn't really yeah. tell what was taking the blunt of the blows there. That elbow wrapped up. And this looks okay. Yeah, Sid getting some torque. Yeah, Sid putting Diesel's right forearm over the top rope, twisting it back, and then attacking the bicep. I like this spot. I think that's actually kind of cool. Great heel move. Pounding on the bicep, wrenching the arm of the big man. Nash can barely stand, but <laughs> Sid tried to lift him, just dropped him down. You could call that a scoop slam, I guess. It was it was trying to be just a uh, body slam, but he just couldn't get him all the way up. It was like that forklift trying to put a whale in a dumpster. Sid's still working that bicep. Bam Bam dying for the tag, knowing that if he gets in there, Psycho Sid is as good as gone. Of course, Bam Bam, the hot tag. You can see it on the flames oh. on his gear. Big leg drop and nobody's home. It's going to be vicious. an extra hot tag if Diesel <laughs> can reach the flames. And he does. There and goes he does. Bam Bam. He's fired oh, up. Oh, this is sick. The fire's <laughs> not just on his gear. It's in his fighting spirit as well. Oh, back elbow from Bam Bam. Bam Bam goes to the cover. Oh. He rolls out of the way of the elbow from Tatanka. Tatanka just elbowed Sid. Drop kick from Bam Bam. Tatanka out of the ring. The crowd is legitimately into this. Hands are in the air. They're clapping. They love Bam Bam. Bam Bam DDT. with a drop DDT to Sid. Sid is laid out, and now Bam Bam says he's going to the sky. It's mood salt time, baby! Oh, Th here comes the fireball. Bam Bam on the top row. Diving headbutt! Covers Sid. No count. But Earl Hebner. Where's the ref? Is out of frame. This is atrocious here camera is. work. Hebner's back now. Are we led to believe Tatanka was holding Must Hebner? have been Dibiase. Oh, yeah. Must Dibi have been that dastard Dibiase. And, of course, now he kicks out of the headbutt. Wow, that, that comeback from Bam Bam was tremendous. Great fire from the big man. Uh-oh. Going to the top again. Great, great athleticism for his size as well, but now some clubbing blows from Sid. To the back of Bam Bam as Bam Bam tried to get a Dibiase on the outside. This is where Sid's height really plays to him, that he can still get all of the torque behind of his strikes. Going for the choke slam. A super choke slam. Oh, boy. Bam Bam with his hand on his head is trying to counter. Oh! Super choke slam. Sid drives Bam Bam off the turnbuckle into the floor. Surprised the ring's still standing there. Everyone doing the Sid pose with them. They have won the crowd back here, folks. A job well done to these performers. Sid's still really feeling this. 
These guys definitely feel like main eventers relative to everything else we've seen on this show. At no point am I saying, where is Savio Vega? <laughs> the ref really seems to be calling it against Bam Bam and Diesel, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he's he not... really wants to keep those guys out of the ring. Yeah, whereas he has no care when the others are doing it. Tatanka tagged in, nearly gets a the three. Fast, a fast count there, That was too. an extremely fast count. Earl, come on. Yeah, get it together, Earl. Show Hatner. some impartiality. Oh, poor Bam Bam. A lot of working of the arms and on both opponents in this match. Yeah. It's Tatanka and his Native American heritage. He knows to use every part. That's of the, of the Bam Bam Bigelow. That's <laughs> focus on every part. Who's your favorite of these four wrestlers? Oh, got to be Bam Bam. Yeah, bud. I agree, bud. Tatanka working the back of Bam Bam with kicks and strikes. Or I suppose kicks are strikes. Kicks and forearms. Bam Bam... Oh, pretty good kick from Tatanka, though. Wow, back body drop from Tatanka. Tremendous stuff. He was getting some good height on those kicks. No kidding. Bam Bam really feeling it in the back. That was just and a stomp on his head. Tatanka stalking his prey. That is, he just stomped on his head. That is, oh. Just a lack of respect from Tatanka. Yeah, Tatanka... I watched a shoot interview with him. He hates respect. These are stiff as hell, these last three stomps to the head. laying in boots. Goodness. Laying them in. Is Sid taunting or calling for the tag? He's taunting the crowd. Oh, okay, good. It's like, why would you call for the tag in this instance? Or he's, he's teasing for Tatanka to hit his finisher, I believe. I can't. Oh, that, that must be it. That makes way more sense. Oh, raking the eyes right in front of the referee with no call. <laughs> That was right in front of Earl Hebner, a big eye rake. No, no problem for Earl. Earl's oh. lost control of this match, if I'm being honest. I don't know if he's lost control so much as he may have been paid off by Psycho Sid and Tatanka. Sid laying in boots oh, now to the boots. face of Bam Bam. Bam Bam, who was once the hot tag in this match, is now the babyface in peril. This is a man who needs Diesel. And he has been taking a whip in these past couple minutes. Lord. Diesel looking mean on the sidelines. Yep. There he goes. Uh-oh. He's got Bam Bam in the corner. Oh, another boot. A lot of kick-based offense from Sid Vicious. Kicks and boots. Sid's been good in this match. Yeah, I'd say he's been good in this match, too. And and he he's the one who suffered, like, a horrific leg break in the ring, right? Yeah. As I look at oh. him right now, you B can tell how that would happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He just has freak proportions. Yeah, he's all leg. And for a guy that tall, there we go, Bam Bam with a little bit of revenge. Yeah, there's no way that over the course of his career he wasn't going to break his leg falling somehow. <laughs> oh, just Bam. look at his legs. Because like, he's huge, but he's not like super muscular. No, you know? yeah, he's not. I mean, Nash is more jacked of the two of them. Yeah. He's not like a, a Steiner or two Scott Steiner references on the show. He doesn't have like scrawny legs by any means, but they're not like built for a man <laughs> of his size. I feel like as soon as you said Sid's been good in this match, he's decided he's like, oh, I've earned Justin. I'm just going to big boot for four minutes now. <laughs> he continues to lay it in on the outside, rolling Bam Bam back into the ring now, looking for a cover. Oh, oh Bam Bam. Chin lock. Trying to get back to his feet, but Sid. Driving him into the knee with a chin lock. And he's torquing it pretty good. That is... Oh, okay. That is, that. This looks good. 
this is actually relatively convincing as chin locks go. Yeah. Well, they were zoomed in on Bam Bam's face. They've zoomed out a bit now, and it's maybe not quite as, especially here. Why would Bam Bam just not pull his head backwards? But yeah. you cannot be that person in wrestling. You've you got to recognize that suspending your disbelief is part of it. But this went from a great chin lock to, to something less to, impressive. Uh, yeah, not so great now. Bigelow trying to fight to the corner. He needs that tag. Sid trying to keep him away from Diesel at all costs. Sid the more powerful man. Tatanka coming in to help. But Bam Bam able to lift Sid and get the tag. There now we in go. comes Diesel. Diesel laying in punches, attacking Psycho Sid. The ref finally chastising that team, getting Tatanka out of the ring. Big forearm from Diesel. And Bam Bam gets to his legal man position. Diesel now. There's what a scoop slam looks like. Hell yeah. Holy. Diesel running the ropes better than anyone on this show he, so far. He just hit a rebound elbow drop. He hit those ropes hard. But it, but he missed the elbow drop. His elbow hit the <laughs> canvas. And Bam Bam's back into the match. Well, <laughs> what? Diesel's, Diesel's <laughs> elbow's in a bad way. He needs to rest for a little what while now. What the fuck was that? Batman was out of this match for like 20 seconds. Nash did a sequence. Wow. Nice crossbody. Crossbody from Tatanka. Bam Bam gets the kick out. That was that was so weird. Hey, his, his elbow's messed up, man. He needs some time to rest. And, <laughs> and while he was on the sidelines for the last minute and a half, Bam Bam's like found his second wind. So I don't even think it was a minute and a half. He came in, he did one sequence. Yeah, it was about a minute. Maybe 40 seconds. <laughs> It's so strange. But as you can tell from Bam Bam just lying on the mat right now <laughs> in some kind of chokehold. Some kind. He's got his energy back. This match has devolved a little bit. A little bit. It came out at a pretty good clip, and we have... These just look like two extremely tired guys. They're figuring out lost something. Lost the plot. They're figuring out something with the ref here. Right now, I believe that was... Something happened there. Jack Nicholson yelling in the front row. <laughs> Bam Bam trying up and to shouting. fight out. He's got the fist. Are the people with him? Does he have anything left? Can Bam Bam get in one piece of offense that'll lead to the tag? Oh! Unary! <laughs> oh. Tatanka's signature DDT. Oh, no. Kick out Two for Bam Bam! Bam Bam gets the shoulder Hell up. yeah. Big a low, big a low. Tatanka furious now, laying in kicks after that kick out. Nash so lazily selling his elbow on the apron, I can seldom believe it. Just giving it a gentle rub as he looks completely unfazed by its momentum or by its mobility. That guy in the Hawaiian shirt in the front row just keeps getting up and yelling. Yeah, he's loving standing up. Part of the show. He's in a cowboy hat also. He looks ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, Bam Bam has worked more minutes in this match than the other three combined. <laughs> I know that's impossible. Uh, no, it makes sense. <laughs> it is true. I just looked at, I just crunched the numbers. <laughs> wow, gimmick infringement. Oh! Double, double clothesline. Close Both Tatanka and Bam Bam are laid out. Everybody's down. You know what that means. Our go-home sequence is coming up. As Sid and Nash both poised for tags from their respective partners. Oh, no, an exhausted Bam Bam pin. going for an exhausted cover. Tatanka kicks out. Kick out. Two and three quarters. Two Ooh. and three quarters, uh, good enough 
to eliminate Bob <laughs> Holly earlier in this show. That's all it takes sometimes. But this match will continue for some reason. Here we go. Oh, and another. Here we go. We're back to a headlock. Maybe the ref just looked at Bob Holly and was like, no, no more of him. There's some really bad just pacing decisions being made in this match. Like, after two guys are down, don't exit to a headlock. Like, it's like that was the flat point. What? Like, I don't know. Very strange. Yeah. I wonder if there's any. I'm surprised that we didn't just get our double hot tags there. That seemed like an inevitability. It seems like maybe they're just trying to time out the show right now. Yeah. Oh. That's probably what Whoa. that little ref meeting was about earlier it, on. That definitely was what that was. What um, was that? Just like a front flip? Yeah. Like a rolling. I don't even know. Cannonball splash yeah. onto Tatanka. Good job. That's why you're the pro. Here's the double hot tag spot. <laughs> oh. Bam, bam. Oh! Insiguri. Bam, bam, bam gets the tag to Diesel. Oh, boy. He steps over the top rope, and oh, boy, we shooting now. Oh, oh those are big elbows from Nash. Lord. Side slam. Nash now back on his feet. Yeah. Big Daddy Diesel. Nash clearly Going recovered. to work on Tatanka. No longer exhausted from the 30 seconds he was in ring minutes ago. His elbow's feeling a lot better now. Oh, Jesus. Boot to the face of Tatanka that looked like it really did connect. That was. And that's no surprise because I said we shooting, playa. <laughs> we we seen about 100 big boots in this match. That one stands out to an insane degree. Nash now oh, with the arm up. Calling you know for what the crucifix powerbomb. It's time. What? Oh. What was that? Did they call that the jackknife? That was really weird. Nash lifted up to Tonka and then just sort of like spun him and dropped him. I couldn't tell if it was Bizarre, intentional. Bizarre, yeah. If you told me that was a move he was doing around this time, I couldn't argue against you, but it, it sure looked. It looked like when Kevin Owens teases that he's going to do the... Uh, package pile driver and then just kind of drops the yeah, guy instead. Yeah, that's totally true. Although I suppose the jackknife powerbomb does look a little bit like that to begin with. I hate it. It wasn't move. the jackknife powerbomb. No, or else they would have called it. But I just, well, Nash is in ring. And that then Nash could have pinned Tatanka for the three. He lifted Tatanka off the mat and pointed at Sid that he only wants to beat Sid. But he's not going to be able to do that because Sid is leaving the match. That's he's walking to the back. He's abandoned Tatanka in the ring. Oh, I wonder if Tatanka's going to come back. Nope. One, two, three. And now Diesel. I was wondering if he was going to chase after Psycho Sid. No, he is content to just pose on the turnbuckle as your winner. This will just expose my biases, but I felt, felt like when Bam Bam was doing his stuff, that match was good, and the rest was... It's, it was better than most on this show, I suppose. Diesel certainly feeling like the Roman Reigns of his day. Yeah, no kidding. Does none of the work and gets the pin. <laughs> Hot tag. Fire up. Do your kick. I wonder if these two actually got along as uh, Bam Bam and Nash embrace. Great storytelling by Bam Bam as he goes and favors the elbow of Nash. And he's like, hey, man, sorry. Hope it's okay. JMO, that is it for King of the Ring 1995. Yeah. I don't know why Jess chose this show. Jess, I would love to know what your reasoning was. But whatever your reasoning it's, was. It might be to humble me in the times that I just talked derisively about Billy Gunn being the death of King of the Ring. Yeah. 
She's maybe thinking, oh, there's worse kings than Billy Gunn. Yeah, I mean, and she would be definitely right in saying that, I think, indisputably now. Um, okay, so let's let's get some some general thoughts on the show, J Mo. Uh I, I I didn't I wouldn't give it like a zero. I didn't hate this near as much as Mania Five. Mania Five. Yeah. because um, you can see that like it's it, when we watched Mania Five, and Mania Five was a show that had Owen Hart wrestling as the Blue Blazer. Yep. Like there were be- there were other wrestlers beyond just Brett and Sean on that show that yeah. were good. Mr. Perfect. Yeah. But really, just Sean stood out on that show. Yeah, agreed. Um, and here, like, there's definitely he's not the only one. That's he's right. not the only sign of like what we recognize wrestling to be today. The forest is growing. Exactly, uh, and you can see it. Um, yeah, I, I guess I would sort of echo your sentiments. I didn't. It, it's like so many things from this time period that if the story isn't good. You're going to have a hard time getting into it because chances are the matches isn't going to be good. And this show just had so many wonky decisions. Like, we'll complain about creative booking now, but at least it does feel like it has a bit more cohesion. Like, this this is all over the place from the 15-minute draw to some of those things in the tag match in the main event just didn't make any sense. Um, but who complained about watching Bam Bam wrestle, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably... It's funny because I, I think King of the Ring 2000 is... Um, Largely, like, a very commendable show. I like it, like, quite a bit. Uh, for for the way it handles its main event. Mm-hmm. This is a main event that has recently made the rounds a lot on, like, WWE 90s or whatever. 90s wrestling, like, Twitter Instagram video accounts. accounts. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because even though they they say that they're from the 90s, almost all of the clips they post are from 2000 or 2001. They're, yeah, you, you pointed this out so correctly. In our uh, Patreon group chat, yeah, which I guess I suppose I, I was going to plug it there, but if they're hearing this, yeah, they're already they already know. But yeah, because like every single thing they post is from two thousand or two thousand one. But it is pretty bold for a big time pay per view, like one of what was at the time like one of the big five, I guess. Yep, it's kind of in the slot that like Money, Money in the, the bank. bank occupies now. Uh, would be headlined by a six-man tag match between your six main eventers, though it is also a world title tag match. Right. Which this, you know, we had the champion in this tag match. It was not on the line here. I think 2000 does a great job of balancing all kinds of storytelling and drama within its tag match. Yes. That we did not see anything close to here. And for this show to go off the air with the champion saying, I'd rather beat, the main challenger and pointing at him and him just walking away and abandoning his partner, this feels more like the end of Raw than the end of a pay-per-view. I would be very disappointed with this show if I was watching it in 1995. Yeah. uh, To that point, J-Mo, after I finished this show uh, this morning, I was curious because it has no title match on it. There's no title. So I was yeah. curious, like, what they advertised and how this ended up doing on pay-per-view relative to the things that, that surrounded it. How do you think it did? Uh, oh, my phone's over there. Sorry. It's, I'm uh, not sure. I would say, yeah, because really all you're advertising is the people who are in the tournament. That's right. But like I said, most of the stars are not in the tournament other than Sean and Undertaker. That's exactly right. And even then, if you are tuning in thinking that, oh, yeah, either Sean or The Undertaker is going to go the distance and I'm going to see something cool tonight, you wouldn't get that either. Yes. So there's all kinds of reasons to be upset watching this. Would you believe that still 150,000 people bought it? That doesn't seem like that many to me. Yeah? for I guess in my pay-per-view, 
pay-per-view sort of trending downwards right now in a lot of things, so things yeah. have a hard time getting buys. To, to give a little bit of context, uh, WrestleMania after it did 340,000, and SummerSlam before it did 205. So lower than average. Yeah, a dip, but, you but know. But still not bad. Not bad at all. And uh, the only, it also, hilariously, it beat Survivor Series that year. Oh, wow. Which did 128,000, so there you go. Jamo. Um, bad show. Bad show. My grade, C minus. I'll go D. Ooh, the people's F. Yeah. What What would have made it an F? Uh, like if there was just no redeeming qualities on this show. Like what if to there me, were... WrestleMania five is an F. Yes. There were at least I liked I liked the King's promo. I thought yep. it was funny. Yep. I thought it was good. And he just had like a good energy. He was very he was talking to McMahon mm-hmm. on like they were going back and forth on commentary. What we didn't talk about was after Savio Vega qualified for the final and beat the roadie, uh Marcellus Cabreras, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Stepped in to uh, do a Spanish language interview with Savio, and first of all, great to see the Spanish language commentator getting a little shine. Yeah, not just having his table destroyed. Yeah, but and it's the same guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's been the same guy forever. It's amazing, uh, and he's doing this interview. Well, he's the only guy who speaks Spanish. But they send in Doc Hendricks. He's like, I, I speak Spanish. I'll do a uh, translation. And all he's doing is just like, uh, as Savio is giving this obviously very heartfelt Spanish yes, yes. language interview that we're seeing with no subtitles or anything live on the pay-per-view. It's a bold decision. I really actually liked it. It mm-hmm. was the only thing that actually made Savio Vega seem compelling to me as somebody that I should root for. Because they keep comparing him to Rocky Balboa. Well, fucking show me some of that. Balboa drama, then. Something. And, and they let him speak in his native language to a Spanish-language commentator. But then you ruin it. This was my least favorite thing on this entire show, with Doc Hendricks basically being racist. Yeah, and not the good racist, either. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's like, part of it, he's just being like, well, I have no chance against... Uh, <laughs> Mabel in the uh, final. I'm gonna get destroyed. Uh, Marcellus is just asking him a question now about how he's gonna get d- d- dominated by Mabel. Uh, he's saying, "Oh, I'm gonna quit. Yeah, I've got no chance." Um, but he's also saying, "I'm going to, I'm going to quit stealing something." He yes, made some. Right. He made some very, very overtly racist remark that really was uh, appalling to me. Racism is in this old wrestling in a way that when you go and revisit, it's it makes it hard to watch. Yeah. Like, eh. And then Vince is on commentary being like, shut the fuck up, you dumb asshole. <sighs> He's like, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough of the commentary from Doc. That's enough. <laughs> no more speaking Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Jamo, anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here for this month? Uh, I hope that this is not enough of us for you. Ah. Because we are going to continue to produce bonus episodes, and we hope you stick around for them. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, we do not have the the largest of fan bases, mm. but those who love us love us a lot, and we appreciate each and every single one of you, so thank you. It's, uh, yeah, only to echo JMO's sentiments. I, I wonder if they know how much joy it brings me that we have just this community of, of people I'm genuinely like, proud of that there are listeners like there's no one i interact with on the internet that listens to top marks who i'm like 
what a fucking turd. Like, how do they have these takes? It's just yeah. like, seems like the good friends, they are the good friends. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just, you know, I know we've given you the option of picking things for us to watch that are punishingly bad. <laughs> and I know that even when nobody writes in to pick things, we still pick things that are punishingly bad for ourselves, yeah, new like blood. New Blood Rising. Um, but New you Blood's know, bad, bad in such a different way, yeah, though. Yeah, 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 and it was fun to watch. Just, yeah, just maybe just maybe pick things that are more fun and less punishing in the future. <laughs> That's all I'll ask. The Crap family, we love you, and both of you have been our Patreon owners these back, back-to-back months, but this one-two punch, because, yeah. man, these are... We, we, we would love to review something. Hey, hey, you guys ever watched uh, 2005 ECW One Night Stand? Hey, <laughs> yeah. I, would, I wouldn't hate watching that, J-Mo. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, uh, so. yeah, or like 2011 Money in the Bank. Oh, wow. Hey, who would complain? But whatever you choose, we always appreciate a great deal, specifically to Jess Crap this month. We appreciate it a great deal, Jess, and we apologize for how long this took to get out. We hope that it delivered for you. You are the best. Yeah, and with that said... Stay hot, stay spicy, stay tasting great, because you're curry man. Titus Worldwide! No banter. Well, I mean, you even you saying that means banter. No, does it? Yeah, like, if it just ended, then it's no banter. Well, what <laughs> if I cut what I said? Well, then, yeah. then Well, then why would you say it, though? Yeah. I guess. Is this banter right now, or is this a dispute? No, this is still banter. Because banter... Does banter mean that there's, like, something that we're arguing, or is it just talking? I just think of it as... Whatever follows the outro. Oh, okay. So whatever we do, be I mean, what, you saw Suspiria last night. I did. How was that? <sighs> it's a big question, man. It, it was visually jarring. Like I had to look away at one point, uh, which happens to me very seldom. Wait, wait, did you see Apostle? I haven't watched it. Yet. Oh, you gotta watch Apostle. I know, I do. Apostle's the better of the two of them, but but both in sort of they're not similar veins. Like um, uh, Suspiria is a whole lot more. Uh, avant-garde like okay. it's 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 very visual okay but I, I i won't recommend it to all of our listeners because i don't know their movie taste as well i think you should see suspiria though okay uh i almost saw goosebumps to haunted halloween <laughs> i didn't go though how do you think how do you think you would have liked it uh i probably would have liked it i liked the first one did you watch the shows growing up the goosebumps show i read the books a lot as a kid and i did i i'm not as familiar with the tv series as i am with the books themselves sure yeah but i watched the first movie with jack black and i found it very enjoyable cool i never yeah. saw it did, did goosebumps do a thing in your elementary school where it was like the hotness uh yeah and my school was b- 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 big into fucking goosebumps. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's like a you know scholastic book fair was all the rage <gasps> when you were a kid, right? Oh. You just looked forward to that day so much at school. Oh, what was better than and scholastic? Scholastic book fair. like owns Goosebumps. Do they? Yeah, they were publishing Goosebumps. Wow, I didn't. So know they were, that. of course, they're pushing their own product. Interesting. They're getting high on their, their own, own supply. supply. Ah! So much for no banter. <laughs>